Stories on Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. Time now to hear a coming out story from a singer, a songwriter, an actress and all-round lesbian icon. Yes, it's Heather Peace. Oh, hello, Emma Goswell. Um, it's Heather Peace here. Hey. So, Heather Peace, when was the first time when you just thought to yourself, do you know what? I might not have the same sexuality as everyone else in my class. Um, it didn't really happen like that. I had a boyfriend called Philip. Oh, nice. Yeah, he drove a Beetle. Um, so we were together for a lot of years and he actually said to me, do you think you might be a lesbian? In a kind of jokey way, I said, why do you say that? Mm. He said, well, you've got Gabriella Sabatini posters mm. on your wall and you don't play tennis. For anyone... <laughs> For anyone, for anyone under the age of kind of 35, you might not know, but beautiful Argentinian, um, statuesque tennis player. And I, I did have a very, very unhealthy obsession with Gabriella Sabatini. Yeah, now I've not I, heard of her before. Now I'm going to look her up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Google her. Yeah, Google yeah. her. And then the other thing that um, I sort of look back on now, so mine, mine didn't, I didn't know I was gay until I literally kissed a girl on Canal Street in Manchester. Oh. This is for real. But when I look back on it, I also had a book of Princess Di and Charles's wedding, right? And in the middle, it was a little bluebird book, right? Mm. In the middle was The Kiss, where she's leaning back, the famous shot of, of mm. Diana. And I remember being 10 years old and being fixated on her neck. Absolutely fixated. And it's only it's only in hindsight, after coming out, that I go, oh, okay. but oh. Do you know what, Heather? I think literally are the only lesbian I've ever met that will probably ever say that Princess Diana's neck made them gay. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at that picture. It's very beautiful. Erotic. Yeah, and I've in, always, in yeah, your mind. I've, I've always liked that part of a woman's body. Mm. Yeah, it's, isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. necks are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so well done for Phil for working out that you were a lesbian. <laughs> so at what stage did you dump Phil and go, right, I'm going to come out now? Um, well, I was, at, I was at drama school in Manchester. Uh, there was a girl in my year. Um, she was called Elaine. We don't mind. We don't, don't matter. I can say that. Quite yeah. a bit older than me. Yeah. Um, and I found out that she was gay. And then I, I developed a kind of un, unhealthy obsession, I guess. I just, I just thought she was amazing. And then we kissed on Canal Street, and this is true as well, hot, hot summer's day, right? I'd always wanted to kiss in the summer rain. Um, oh. I've written a song about it here, yeah. called Here in My Heaven. And the heavens opened. So it was like a July day, it was boiling hot. Heavens opened whilst I was kissing her. Oh God, this and is sounding quite erotic. This is absolutely true. And, um, and I just remember getting the bus back to hers. Mm. And, um, yeah, steam coming off our clothes. You know where it stopped training, oh. but you got soaked. And, yeah, it was quite um, quite something. It was like a, a godly sign. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so at that stage, had you even come out to anybody then? Not at all. I do remember going into uni the next day, back to drama school, very aware that I was wearing Elaine's clothes. You know that way when you walk into a year and there's like 24 hours in the year and you're blatantly wearing her clothes because obviously they got soaked the night before and you've, you've oh. stayed there. And um, yeah, I, I thought everybody was looking at me. I felt different. I remember feeling completely different. I thought everybody was must be looking at me because they obviously know these. Are, this is Elaine's T-shirt. And no one gave a shit? Nobody nobody, nobody did know, to be fair. Mm. And, it, and um, it sort of slowly filtered out and when I came out we were doing an all-female production of Romeo and Juliet and I was playing Romeo of course of course you were <laughs> and um, there's the moment where he kisses her and she has to absolutely absolutely 
would give anything to be with him from that moment on. Mm. So I did the kiss, but we, we used to rehearse in front of the rest of your year. Mm. Everybody had only just found out I was gay and mm. I had to kiss this girl in my year oh, who was God. playing Juliet. So I kissed her and it was rubbish, you know, just like a peck. And the director was literally like, Heather, this is the moment that she absolutely has to lose it, you know, and, mm. and completely. So you have to just go for it. And I remember just thinking, mm. I've only just come out and I'm literally snogging another girl in here. Tongues. <laughs> I can't really remember, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so after she, and then she broke my heart about 18 months later, left me for somebody. I was absolutely devastated, had panic attacks, all sorts of stuff. Like, I think serious, serious mental health stuff went on, actually. Um, because I, I also hadn't, at that point, decided that I was gay. I just thought I had an obsession with her. So was that because you had a broken <clears throat> heart, do you think? Or because it, it was a bigger thing about your sexuality? I think it was a bigger thing. I think, yeah. I think uh, having been brought up Catholic and trying to tell my nana on her deathbed that, you know, I think it doesn't matter who you love, and her saying, no, I know what you're trying to tell me, Heather, and that's a sin. Um, Seriously, that happened? Yeah, and she was a really amazing woman as well. It's just an so upbringing. Um, you didn't quite get the full sentence out then? You no, didn't she even knew really... what I was talking about, though, and, mm -hmm. and absolutely reiterated that absolutely I'm not even going to have you say it. Hadn't told my parents. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it was it was when I, when I got my heart broken, um, started having these panic attacks, and a friend of mine... I'm going to say her name. She's actually an actress, Liz Hume Dawson. If you're out there listening, Liz, you remember this. And she was from Bradford as well. And she's, she was a year above us. And she said to me, I'm driving you home to your mum and dad's and you're coming out to them because you absolutely need to tell them because you're in bits. And that's what happened. And they were amazing. They just put their arms around me and said, I don't care. And, and all my mum said, she said, don't ever not talk to me for 18 months again. She said, you have literally talked about the weather for the last 18 months and told me nothing. So are you happy that your friend sort of coerced you into it there and then? Yeah, I, it was the right decision. I think I think it was a slippery slope. I'd always talked to my mum about everything, boys and, and stuff, you know. Well, what was that 18 months like then when you were essentially in the closet and just very unhappy? Well, no, the 18 months was while I was with Elaine, you yeah, see. Yeah. Oh, no, I was, in, I, was, I was happy as anything, you know. But, it, but it not was being, after the break-up. But not being open about it? No, not being open. But people weren't really... I mean, everybody college knew mm. I just hadn't told my parents mm. I think I told my brother and and he just he just kept it to himself back back then if you remember you know 95 religious upbringing I regret not thinking my parents were bigger people than they mm. than I thought if you know what I mean because I I really didn't expect the reaction and they were amazing absolutely amazing so can you recount that event then when you were driven home to come out to your parents what was it like my brother had already got there first oh. to not not to tell them he went and and was there on hand to support oh. i went in i sat down i just said i've got something to tell you i'm gay um i'm lesbian but i'm not telling you because i wanted you to know i'm telling you because i'm absolutely heartbroken and i need mm. you and they put their arms around me and said I knew there was something going on. Um, it's absolutely fine and we love you. Mm. And then I did a complete coward's thing of giving them the news, the bombshell, and going back to Manchester and leaving my brother to deal with it, <laughs> <laughs> to deal with all the questions. But, all right, but what did they say then? That was when it. Could... That was it. That was, they, it. They, that was it. There was no. There was never any other questions. I think Mum then, like, months and months later, said, can I now sit you down and have the chat and ask you when you knew or... What about your boyfriends before? And I don't really understand. Mm. But she waited a good six months oh, okay. for me to kind of come round before she had to 
understand from her level. Mm. So you had a chat? Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can't really remember much about mm. it, really. Mm. Sounds very familiar, actually, because I only really came out to my parents when... Again, I was heartbroken. I'd had a whole relationship for, yeah. like, nine months, and it was only because I was eventually living back with them and I was traumatised and yeah. I was so depressed and morose the whole time and they were like, literally, what the hell is wrong with you, Emma? Talk yeah. to us. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. I just needed them. Mm-hmm. And I should, I should have told them right from the beginning. Well, certainly today, like, I can't imagine not being able to tell your parents today, but there, there's still people out there who's parents probably don't react too well well we know well, it's it's religious upbringings isn't it sometimes people yep. feel very intimidated yeah absolutely so have you had to come out to anyone else like Do the you world know, <laughs> uh, you know what you know the, the thing I, I i still sometimes can't be asked like the perfect example and all of you all know this is a cab driver mm-hmm. you're having a chat with a cab driver and then you mention oh sorry i'm late because you know i was putting my kids to bed and then he just presumes you've a husband oh, okay and nine times out of ten i will say my wife and then sometimes there's just days where i pretend he's got it right because yeah. i just can't be bothered no but, but this is what i say <laughs> and then i feel bad i immediately feel bad but i'm like i don't want to have that chat sometimes you just can't be asked but this is what i say like lgbt people but we are expected to come out constantly aren't yeah, we all there the are, time there all are the time. always opportunities yeah always just having to correct people in what they say yeah and it is really dull but there is a responsibility to do that. And every time mm. I don't, I feel like I've let myself down. But sometimes you're just a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you are out, aren't you? You've, mm. You know, you're out in the public sphere. So was there ever a moment when you thought, I want to pursue this acting thing, I want to pursue this music thing, maybe it would be easier if I was in the closet? Did you I ever, was, ever consider that? I was actively told yeah. to be in the closet. That is a true story. By, by an agent? By a producer. Yeah of a television show, a very big television show that was predominantly men. And when I turned up on set for the first time, he said to me, and I hadn't even introduced myself to the crew, there was only three women working on that shoot, and I was, I'd just put my bag down at the hotel, first day, before he'd even gone in, and in front of the three women, who would be my only female allies, mm. he said, now, Heather, I know you're a lesbian, he said, but if we can just, like, not say anything about that in press or anything else, uh, because, obviously, you're here as, like, the male totty, is absolutely and, the God's honest truth. And he said that in front in of... In front of the women. And how did they react? Well, this was the thing. As he walked away, I'm just like, you're like... I turned to them, cos I always have this joke now. I'm a lesbian, and, by the way, my name's Heather, because it came from that where I just turned around and he walked away <laughs> and I went... I'm Heather, by the way, everybody, <laughs> you know, and, and thankfully they were amazing, but it was just like, wow, they, they know I'm gay before I've even said hello. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God, he yeah. said he outed you. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is absolutely what you should not do to people. Yeah. How did you feel about that? I think it was... Apart from being told that you could, couldn't then tell anyone. They were act- yeah, it was actively told. I've, I've had it on other occasions with uh, press and magazines. Who've, you know, people in the industry have just said, just keep it under wraps because it's just not, you know... I can't believe I went with it now, but it was a different time, Emma. Mm. And um, when I look back now, so when I took lip service, when I said yes, my agent said, you are aware that you're going to have to, like, properly do this now and and talk about it. And I was ready, though, because I was into my 30s then and I felt strong. I think there's, like, an extras thing on the first series DVD, right, because they were made before it ever went out. Mm. And I don't mention I'm gay. <laughs> if oh. anyone's got that DVD, look at the extras at the end. Yeah. And, and I never mention it. Yeah. And do you regret that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. 
But, but certainly with your music now, because you're kind of more... It's more for you about the music, isn't it? Yeah. Than the, than the acting these days. But, I mean, that and that is very much you, because you're, you're writing songs about your life and your yeah. belief system and, yeah. you know, it's from the heart, isn't it? So yeah. there was no way you could be in the closet. It's been the best thing ever. Yeah. Just even having a voice has been the best thing ever. Mm. The fact that there's, there's women who come to my gigs who've got married because they met at my gigs oh. and relationships have happened through coming to my shows and friendships and all of that stuff and none of that would have been possible without mm. having been visible and, and, and properly talking about You're it. like a lesbian love guru. <laughs> I've got no answer Heather to that. Peace, getting lesbians together since 1995. <laughs> You are a bit, though, aren't you? Though? That's brilliant. But, but your fans are extreme, aren't they? I mean, they go everywhere to follow you. They love you, though, don't they? I've had some come out to Australia. I've had... Because the thing is, like, I, they've all met each other as well, and mm. I, I actively promote... Basically, I actively promote kindness. That's, that's my whole sort of... I try and be mm. positive all the time on social media and whatever else, even if I don't feel that way. Mm. Because I think it's just... People need that. Right, and then they they've made friendships through it. So some some fans came out to Australia, and stayed on the sofas of other fans that they'd met through oh. my music, and made a holiday of it. Do you know what I, I mean? Love this. Yeah, just like totally went to Australia, mm. saw all my shows, but also saw Australia. I know it's just wicked. So do you feel like some sort of responsibility to, to be out and proud and be a lesbian role model then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think at first it, it was it didn't sit well with me at all. Partly because I was, I was a bit of a party girl as well, and I just thought, I'm just going to put my foot in this at some point mm. and do something ridiculous, you know. Mm. Um, I think the fact that I met Ellie and I got married and I had the kids has been a good thing. I'm glad I'm glad I didn't come out in mid-twenties, otherwise it would have just been carnage. Oh, God. <laughs> it would be worse than getting caught kissing on Canal Street in the rain, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. God. So how was it then, the process of getting married? What what did that mean to you, to have your, your family and friends at your, at your gay wedding? Well, we had we had a civil partnership because it was about six months just before oh. uh, the equal marriage happened and, then, and then, we, then we went and signed some papers and went for a spa weekend and said, oh, we're married. Uh, um, but yeah, we did it on Brighton Bandstand, and it was only um, so it's on the beach there, and there was only sixty people there, and I didn't tell anyone we were getting married. I just invited people to a summer party because I thought if you don't want to come to my summer party, I don't really want you at my wedding. Do you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people you have to invite. There's a lot of rules, isn't there, of people you haven't seen for years that you feel like you have to invite. Such so, a great idea. So basically, I'm like. I've never sent an invite to anyone for anything ever. Mm. So if I'm sending you an invite, you know this party's going to be good, right? Because right. I won't bother. Usually I just phone you or text you. So yeah, we ended up with just 60 people, really close friends and family, and everybody was in tears. And that's what you want, right? Mm. You want you want everybody. You know that way sometimes you're like, oh, I've got that blooming wedding of our second cousin, blah, next week, you know, and you don't. Mm. It wasn't like that. Every single person wanted to be there and was in bits. <laughs> So what would you say to anyone listening sort of struggling with their, their sexuality? Would you have any words of advice to someone that's sort of been in there and done it and done it very publicly as well? I think it's always about finding the people around you that you trust. Maybe maybe telling a close friend first so you've got that support network. If you think if you think your parents are going to be tricky or there's going to be elements of your family that are tricky, getting a couple of people around you that already know the full tale who can be there whichever way it goes is really really important and that's definitely what I did with my brother you know yeah. I knew he'd be fine get a friend to drive you there and have backup <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly get the hell in get the hell out that's what I say <laughs> 
big thank you to Heather Peace, who took time out of uh, hosting the Diva Music Festival to speak to me backstage there. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time on Coming Out Stories, you'll hear from Matthew Todd. He's a former editor of Attitude magazine, and he's author of Straight Jacket, How to Be Gay and Happy. He found a unintentional but quite unusual way of coming out to his own mother. It's a very unique way to come out. And so when I think about it now, I kind of laugh, but actually it's, it wasn't a great way for her. But then, you know, like maybe we should have talked about it. Maybe we should have talked about it 